gentlemen, welcome to the Friday Wrap-Up with Greg Campbell, Paul Stevenson, and David Warren. Get the latest of what's going on in Ottawa when it comes to real estate, mortgages, and whatever else they want to talk about. Have a coffee, some laughs, and learn something new each Friday at 10 a.m. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, February 26th. This is the Friday Wrap-Up. My name is Paul Stevenson. I'm here with Greg Campbell and David Warren, and we're here to talk about real estate, mortgages, whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Gentlemen, how's it going? Yes, let's shake it. Greg, you're looking, you're looking very svelte in that, uh, with the sunglasses on and everything. I like it. Very svelte. I'm actually wearing those right now while I drive because it's so bright outside. There you go. <laughs> um, I wanted to say uh, I am looking on our Facebook page, uh, and it looks as though it is having trouble playing the video. So I don't know if we're actually streaming live or not. Um, maybe someone can give us the... Uh, Okay, great. Well, if someone wants to give us, uh, okay, excellent. Well, I'll just move on then. Greg, where are you? Uh, you, you you've been up at the cottage for the last few days. How's uh, how's everything going up there? I know you guys are tobogganing, yeah. just yoloing. Yeah, it, pretty much. It's uh, we couldn't ask for anything better. It's really funny how you know you think cottage in the summer is the best, but I mean this week up here has just been unreal with the snow and the sun. And it's pretty mm. mild, so we've been having lots of fun. Uh, we're staying up a little bit longer. I got some, I got a new listing done. I got a deal done while I was up there. You know, that's the uh, the great pleasures of technology in the business. Uh, clear understanding with your clients that uh, if they need you face-to-face, you can be there. If they don't, we can do everything online and over the phone, and it works. It's great. Greg, so you had a... You had a powerful, uh, you had a powerful message to me yesterday when I uh, when I asked you about the cottage. I said, you know, I, said I said you've built a, yeah. a beautiful life for your family up there, and you told yeah, me that it's, uh, it's, people have. You, you go ahead. It's better probably come from your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it. Was pretty awesome, uh, you know. And I think everybody, I think it should resonate with everybody because you know you you make your moves, you make your decisions. You know, when I talk to people on the phone, they're like, "Oh, you're at the cottage. Lucky you." I'm like, no, man, it wasn't lucky. I'm like, it was, it was planned execution. Like I decided that we wanted to have this cottage and then we were going to be able to go there with our kids and take them out of school. And we did it. So there's no luck. Um, Mm -hmm. Depends on what you want in life, you know, and that was something that we really wanted. And now we might even uh, find ways to take more time away from uh, the city because we're finding that for our family, especially since, and has been at home with the kids and everything. It's uh, it's more important to us than always being accessible to everyone. And you know, yeah, I don't know. It's just very family oriented, very life oriented, uh, human oriented uh, life. I'm trying to uh, bring my kids up in. I suppose you could say. That's good. I mean, and those experiences being out at the cottage, being out, you know, spending time together, uh, you know, is, is great. I mean, they'll they'll remember these these years as well growing up and being able to, you know, spend that outdoor time and not be glued to the iPad or the TV as yeah. well is uh, is wonderful. I mean, and like you said, it, you know, it's uh, you know, you sacrifice in other areas so that you could uh, be able to, you know, do something like this instead. You know, yeah, always it's mental health, man. I always look back on my childhood and I, I try to think of, uh, you know, the different things that, uh, that we did around the house and so on. And, you know, things that you might do, like Greg, for example, you guys going tobogganing yesterday, you might only do that 
two times, three times this winter, and I'm sure you're doing it more, but if you do it two or three times, it's more the experience and the memory. Like kids look back. And even if you only did something, let's say you go on the canal once a year, kids look back on that and they're like, Oh, we used to go on the canal all the time. Like yeah, it becomes yeah. like part of their childhood. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. those sorts of things, like you said, like, you know, when I said that about creating that for your family, I've just, you know, I was reflecting on it a lot myself lately and just creating those sorts of experiences for the kids is uh, invaluable. So good on you, sir. Well done. Yeah. Thanks, man. I mean, and you've done the same, you know, like when you took the kids uh, overseas before the pandemic, that was unreal. Took your family to Africa and Paris. I mean, that's, that's amazing. You know, that, and that's, I mean, it's, that's, a, it's kind of are, a similar thing. Like you said, like, you know, people are like, Oh wow, it's uh, you know, must be nice and that sort of thing. And I mean, it, it definitely is. And I feel very privileged to be able to do that. I, I by no means feel like, uh, you know, I was awarded that or anything, but, uh, but I mean, it definitely wasn't, uh, I wasn't doing that 10 years ago or five years ago. I mean, these are things that, uh, you know, I've worked towards yep. and that was always one of the goal. One of the goals in real estate was to, or with the business at least was to kind of be able to create those opportunities and those experiences. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's awesome. So you're back from the cottage and, uh, you got some stuff going on this weekend with, uh, open houses, listings, showings, like what's kind of, uh, I got, um, uh, this weekend I have some showings. I'm actually showing in the country. That should be interesting. And, um, I've got a couple new listings coming up and I'm, I'm going out to visit two new, two new properties that are gave me the call and said, you know, with the market like this, like we've been to the bank, we can afford way more than we thought. Uh, and we're ready to sell. So I've got a couple hot properties coming up both in the East end. Uh, and it should be fun. I sold one this week. We uh, listed at 489, sold at 531, which is a moderate gain. We only had three offers, but hey, you know it's uh, oh shit. Sorry guys, driving here, something major. Um, anyways, there was uh, it was good, but like like we were saying before we got on, I'm finding that the only homes that are getting the big big offers right now are the ones that um, are very well done. Uh, people are waiting and they're selling over. Over a hundred, up to two hundred thousand over uh, for those homes at three ninety nine. But like I said, Paul, I think I want people to start paying attention or having their realtors pay attention. That if their budget is five hundred, we've been telling them lately that they need to start looking at three fifty, four hundred. There are mm-hmm. some homes coming out around four seventy five, five hundred that are only selling for four seventy five or five hundred. So there's a shift that's starting with marketers, uh, real, realtors that are marketing their homes or pricing their homes at the actual market value now. And I think it's, that's great to see. It's funny how we like literally this wasn't the case two weeks ago and it's such a, yeah. a fluid market. Um, and, and I mean, even, you know, I, I found uh, this week that there's a significant amount of new listings coming on in my area, I would say like, and I'm, I'm West center town. Uh, but I, you know, that wasn't there, you know, it'd be one new listing every, literally every couple of weeks. But, you know, this week, I think there was, uh, I want to say there was seven or eight that came up in my area, uh, which is, you know, for what it's been. So, you know, I think Paul, you mentioned it last week of kind of seeing a little bit more listings coming up. And I think that's the case with, you know, a little bit warmer weather and we're coming out of February now and, um, that they're, you know, those new, more listings are coming up and to your point, Greg, about the pricing, I think because of that, you know, they're, you know, it's helping with bidding wars and people pricing appropriately. It's, uh, but it's hard. Like, how are you, cha- how are you gauging or, or, or setting targets then with your clients? Cause two weeks ago, you know, they're having to look at three ninety nine because they're qualified for 500, but now, you know, with 
with price points at being at you know four seventy five um, and being accurately priced, are you? I guess you're kind of just having to look at all ends of the spectrum. You, you feel or or what? What's kind of your, well, yeah, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I've, I've kind of always done that throughout the whole process, just so that my clients can see what's happening like in, in real time. Uh, you know, cause I know that there's a lot of agents who kind of just, when they have a buyer, they'll set it. They'll be like, no, everything's selling for 150 over at least. So we're only going to look at, at 150 under, but that's, I don't think that's fair because everybody needs to see what's available. And if they want to see something, they can, even though it may take a couple of lessons for them to learn that they, they can't get it again, going back only two weeks ago, but now I find it very important that we, that all the, all the realtors and all the buyers start looking at the price point that they're approved for, um, because there are some little hidden ones that aren't getting offers Mm -hmm. because they're priced accordingly. And that's, and that's great because that means the market's kind of balancing out finally. Um, It's funny. I had clients, I I had clients this week that they bought a place uh, where there was only one other offer and they were saying how fortunate they were because another same property, two streets over, same condition had 20 offers and it was the day before. Um, and so it was just, they're like, you know, they were just talking about how funny a timing it is, like how funny it is that they yeah. are two streets over the same product, same neighborhood, same area, uh, and you know, only competing with one other person. It just, I think it all boils down to, you know, really the fluctuations of kind of how the market moves, um, makes it, you know, should really be abundantly clear to people that if you're, if it's even in your thought process of maybe buying anytime soon, or even in a year, um, it's still good to set up these searches, uh, with Greg or, or whoever you're working with and, and, and really kind of watching the market because it does change on a week to week basis. And, you know, being able to see where the market's going, kind of that, that flow of, of kind of seeing those listings help, help people really kind of get that, set that roadmap and, and be able to be on top of that pulse because it is such an ever changing market. I uh, talked to you guys about this before we hopped on air, but I had clients this week that ended up getting an excellent, they were looking for an investment property and they'd get kind of been bouncing around looking at different properties. They're looking at estate lots and then they were looking at potentially development and, and potentially buying privately from a friend. And they were kind of uh, looking at various options and, and open to ideas, which I love. Um, but they ended up finding a property out in Canada that was listed again, incorrectly almost at 565. Uh, there was a property on the same street, neighboring property that sold for 550 about a week before. So they listed at 565, and the only reason they did that is because the seller, the actual owner of the house, said, "I would be happy if I could get 565." So the realtor decided right. to list it at 565, and what happened is they had a no conveyance of offers until whatever date. I think it was this past Monday. Uh, they got zero offers on the property, probably because everyone ends like, ah, it's not much of a deal. You know, we're going to pay full price. People are discouraged, right? Maybe we can get something better for, you know, for a bit more of a deal. And what happened is that the no conveyance of offers fell off. They had no offers. So the following day, they went in with their real estate agent. They had one other investor that had the same kind of thinking and they were able to get it for, I think they ended up getting for 10 or 15,000 over asking as opposed to, you know, I mean, uh, sorry, I shouldn't even say we need to get away. I mean, I feel like we're getting into the, uh, the weeds here as far as talking about over listing and so on. Like realistically, the home should have probably been listed at say 550 
and sold for 585 like it did, but it didn't. It was listed sure. at 565, got no offers, sold for 580. So it's not necessarily that it was amazing they only got it for 15 over asking, which in this market is amazing, but more so that it probably sold for what it actually should have. And the listing price maybe should have been more around the 550 or 545 mark, you know? So to your point, Greg, I think, I think there's kind of twofold here. I think there's a lot of experienced buyers out there now that have missed the mark on enough properties that they're actually educated or better educated and have yeah. uh, kind of, you know, learned from the school of hard knocks, how to actually properly price their offers uh, along with their real estate agent. And I think people are more knowledgeable and, and, you know, I think on top of that, there will be more listings. I anticipate this is my own personal opinion, but I would anticipate by the end of March that we see at least, uh, you know, a thousand to 1200 homes on the market, as opposed to kind of the six, 700 where it's been sitting for the last few months. I think we're going to have a proper spring market this year, but we didn't even have one last year. You know, it's going to be busy. Hello. Yeah, we're here. Yeah. I don't know about Dave. Oh, okay. Dave is, Dave is kind of intermittently uh, joining us and not joining us. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it's, it, it, uh, Go ahead. I was just going to say that, yeah, the spring market last year, I think with the combination of COVID and everything else hitting, um, you know, March and April were anomalies last year. And we saw everything kind of recover come May, June, July, August, where we're through the roof. So, you know, I would say this year, especially with, you know, lockdown lifting currently and, you know, more positive news coming out, not to get too into that side of things. Um, you know, I think that the spring market, as you said, will, will be amazing. The one thing that is surprising is that typically at this time of year, we see mortgage rates decreasing. We usually see mortgage rates, you know, it's kind of a race to the bottom for, for lenders as far as being competitive on their rate offerings uh, and making sure that they are, you know, the, the most attractive solution for mortgage brokers and, and borrowers alike. And I think this year we're going to see something different. We saw fixed rates actually increase today uh, by almost all lenders. Uh, and if not today, then it will be over the next few days for fixed terms. Uh, but variable rates are still super attractive. And, and it might even be worthwhile kind of explaining, um, you know, if Dave's back with us, uh, what the, uh, you know, what the factors are involved in that, because both variable rates and fixed rates are, are based around different metrics. And I think it would be valuable for listeners to understand, you know, what fixed rates are tied to and what variable rates are tied to. And maybe that gives them a better idea and, and more information as to how to choose what rate to move forward with. Yeah. Dave, do you want to explain that? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> for sure. So I, uh, sorry, my, my internet here cut out for a second. So I went, uh, went into the matrix. Um, my, uh, so, so fixed rates, uh, as Paul mentioned, you know, really across the board are increasing this week. Um, fixed rates are tied to the Canadian mortgage bond or the CMB. It's a, it's a five-year bond publicly traded. Um, it's been, you know, there's been a lot of downward pressure on it over the last year uh, with the pandemic and everything that's been going on and a lot of other influences on that, um, you know, contributory influences that I will get into of, you know, uh, but by and large, it's a publicly traded bond. This is all that the fixed rates are tied to. There's this past two weeks, there's been a lot of upward pressure. The bond rate has been jumping dramatically. Uh, and so the banks were holding on as long as possible um, because they have basically the bond and their the rate they give and the, what their profit is, is built into that spread. Um, so with bond rates having jumped, they held off as long as possible to see if the rate, if the bond would drop. 
uh, again, but it has not. It's maintained a, a higher, you know, rate. Uh, and so they had to move rates up. And, and we saw today, um, you know, banks like TD, for instance, they jumped their fixed rate by 25 basis points. So a quarter percent, uh, which is a large jump. And, and that really is just tied to that bond. Um, you know, we're in, we're not, there's also, you know, that spring market coming up where sometimes they drop, but uh, right now there's a lot of upward pressure on the bond. The flip side of that, the variable rates went the other way. Variable rates are tied to the Bank of Canada overnight lending rate, um, or what's known as Bank Prime. Uh, that has maintained status quo. Bank of Canada has indicated uh, in all of their remarks over the last year that they don't plan on changing Bank Prime anytime soon and likely not until 2023 uh, or until there's inflationary issues in the economy. Uh, so variable rate, you know, there's, there's be, you know, three days ago, variable and fixed rates were, you know, for the most part, pretty close to, to being equal. Uh, but as of today, and a lot of with a lot of lenders, and there's still some that haven't increased fixed rates, but right now there's a bigger a bigger spread or a bigger delta between fixed and variable. Um, there's a lot of pros and there's a lot of pros and there's some cons to, to both fixed or variable. Um, you know, they're both worthwhile, even though they've got fixed has gone up. There's, you know, reasons to still look at fixed and there's, you know, and there's even more valuable reasons to look at, at variable, but, you know, would depend on your goal. You know, there's big differences in penalties between the two things like that. So, you know, it's not just all about rate. Uh, you want to also consider, you know, what you're doing with that property, um, you know, going forward. I don't know if you have, I don't know if there's anything there that you want to add, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that was a great, great explanation. And I think that's crystal clear. The, the main thing, like I, I know I'm, I'm a, a sucker for variables. Uh, I've just always been, uh, been into the variables, but that's more so just because, you know, historically speaking in Canada, and I think we've talked about this previously on the show, but historically speaking in Canada, the typical applicant or, or borrower only keeps their mortgage for anywhere from 36 to 38 months, which is only roughly three to three and a half years. So, you know, having a fixed rate option, you know, a lot of the times, if you know you're going to be breaking or moving, they can be somewhat restrictive. Uh, I mean, most lenders will allow you to port and transfer that mortgage to another property. Um, but, you know, if not, if you do want to change lenders or if you want to keep your options open, then you're, you're subject to larger penalties. I find with variable, you know, if you do change or move or anything like that, you have to break your term, but your penalty is always three months interest. And with rates being in the, you know, one percentile, uh, three months interest is, is fairly nominal. You know, in most cases it's less than 1500 to $2,000 to break it where you can, then you have complete flexibility on the mortgage and still all the benefits of the prepayment availability and all that stuff. So really the only thing you're losing is that portability. Uh, and then obviously right now where rates are and with, as Dave mentioned, you know, with, with prime, the prime rate, very likely not going up for some time, um, at least, you know, a year or two, it's, uh, I personally think that it's still a very viable option, but a lot of people also like that consistency and, and that security of having that fixed payment and not having to worry about, you know, monitor. I mean, we do this every day. So for me, it's easy. I know where variable rates are 
every single day I wake up as opposed to someone who buys a house and may not look at their mortgage for a year and a half, you know? So, uh, so I, I definitely see both sides and there's, there's pros and cons to both. And, you know, I definitely don't push one over the other. It's very specific to each individual client, but, uh, but for anyone who is interested in kind of having that conversation or is kind of debating or, you know, they're coming up for renewal and don't know which way to go, we're always available just kind of, you know, shoot the poop about uh, what's out there and, you know, what's available to you and the pros and cons on each side, just so that you're, you're better informed going into those discussions with your bank or, or whoever you're currently uh, have your mortgage with. So always worth getting a second a, pair of eyes on it. Yeah, for sure. I, I have a question for you guys. Um, this has been pretty common this year and I, oh, you're, sure you're the one give me, uh, a general answer of this um, for the people that, know that their house is going to sell overnight, uh, but are still nervous, uh, even if they get approved from their lender about buying something first that they're going to port the mortgage to and then putting theirs on the market, there's that 90-day window, correct? And that's in most situations where a client is you know, fully approved. It's like they, ha- they know their house is going to sell for six, they're approved to 850, they can go shopping, they're going to put their home on the market the next day. Do you guys, are you seeing a lot of that right now? And they're yeah. moving the mortgage over to the new one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, have, uh, it's, it's a big, like, I mean, at the end of the day, because there's so little like inventory on the market, people aren't wanting to, and we've talked about it. it people aren't wanting to list their house, be, you know, before finding a place. Cause you know, yeah. it's happened. I, and I spoke with somebody last week that he sold his place because of the market where it was and they were intending to move. And he just, and he ended up not being able to find a place and he's now renting because <laughs> he is just sitting on all this yeah. cash uh, because he can't find a, can't find a house. Uh, so a lot of people and, you know, are doing exactly like you said, you know, not listing their house, buying first, then listing. Uh, and, and really, you know, with that, uh, you can get what's called bridge financing. So bridge financing is where uh, you've done just that. You've bought a house, you've sold your, yours, but maybe your house that you live in is not going to close the same day or before the new purchase. So you don't have the down payment available because it's coming from the equity in your home. Uh, as long as you have a firm sale agreement on your current home, uh, meaning there's no conditions on your sale, uh, the bank will we'll figure out what the equity is that you're going to be getting out of that and that making sure there's sufficient equity for that new down payment. The new bank uh, will lend you the down payment uh, for the, for that new purchase. So you basically are carrying both properties for that interim period. Um, and the new bank is lending it. If you're just moving your existing mortgage over to the new property, uh, you know, and let's say you're with TD, TD will still provide you that new mortgage at the same rates on the new property. They'll bridge you the down payment as well. And then when your, your current home sells, then, then that's discharged. So you can still port and bridge, uh, or if it's a new bank on the new property, you can get a new mortgage and they'll bridge anyways um, for that down payment so, portion. So Greg, my suggestion for any of those clients you have would be to actively <laughs> shop, but to set their closing for two to three months out yeah, on the course, new place so course. that they have the opportunity and, and they can always move that closing date up once they know their exactly. house is sold. Right. So it, it is like, I understand people's apprehension to, to list their properties. It's valid. And it's definitely, you know, in this market, you, you don't want to be selling and not have anywhere to go. But I think people can also, for anyone listening to like, I think you can have confidence of like, because you know that the market is so hot, like you can be competitive, get pre-approved, obviously know your numbers, 
but you can be aggressive in buying your next home, but just make sure that your closing date is 90 to 120 days out so that you have time to list your place, get your ducks in a row, get all your bridge financing or financing in place and, and not be rushing around. I mean, the timeline is really the biggest thing, right? If you, if you buy a new house and it closes in, in 45 days, well, you're under the gun from the day you sign that paper. So why do that? You know, you can set it for four months out. And then once you know that your house is sold and you have a firm closing date, you can always talk to those sellers, even when you're putting your offer in and say, you know, we're going to set the closing date for June 1st. But once we have our home listed, we'd be more than happy to move that up to May 1st or, or what have you. Right. I mean, yeah. that's, that's something you can definitely have that discussion. And I think, I think that gives a lot of people, both the buyers and sellers peace of mind that they're going to have time to, to do everything they need to do and not be under the gun. Like I said, from, from day one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause I still have some people I'm working with that are, uh, you know, uncertain or a little gun shy to do that, even though they're approved to do it. Um, and the other thing, the other thing too, to consider, which is, you know, something I'm doing right now as well is, is just to keep that buffer in between, you know, nothing, nobody wants to be selling their house and moving into their new house the same day. Right. I mean, that just sounds like, like terrible. It sounds like a terrible day. Um, so, you know, ideally you, you know, especially if you're buying a new place, maybe you want to, you know, fix up the kitchen or you want to maybe put on some, you know, put a new coat of paint or what have you. I mean, it's nice to have like a two, three week buffer in there too, where you can actually get into the new home, organize it how you want. So that on your closing day of your sale, you can actually move everything over and comfortably move in instead of trying to rush everything into a 24, 48 hour time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. There's not, there's nothing worse than like just trying to do everything at the same day. Those, those people that I talk to that are lining up everything the same day, uh, you know, yes, there's, yes, there's cost involved with that bridge uh, or the difference in closing dates, but you know, that having a week or two weeks to just move your stuff over and get set up, like Paul said, get your bed set up and not be, you know, trying to rush or, or sticking a mattress on the ground or anything like that, especially if you have kids or, or, or anything like that. Let's say, uh, yeah, it's, it's insane. It's insanity. Or, or the closing or one closing gets delayed, uh, you know, yeah. it happens. Yeah. Um, and everyone, you know, everyone lines up their closing on a Friday. Well, if it, if one of them doesn't close, you're actually might be homeless for that weekend, mm-hmm. uh, living in that U-Haul truck till Monday. Um, it's happened. It's yeah. happened. <laughs> so, but you know what? Mattresses fit for quite well in U-Hauls, but with the rest of your stuff in there, <laughs> it might be in trouble. Might be yeah. dri- sleeping in the driver's seat. So I will say that I can't, I did have one scenario this week where I, uh, which was pretty funny where I was saying earlier, where I had clients that were only competing with one other offer and two streets over I had 20, um, the house they ended up buying the sellers were clients of mine four years ago that I helped them do the financing on that house. They had, there'd been a breakdown in the marriage. I just since in January helped the woman get a new place and my clients bought their house. So I mm. <laughs> literally full wow. circle, like continuing to do the financing on this place for uh, another, not, you know, another five years, but help the sellers. I just saw the, I just, I recognized the yeah. address and then I saw the purchase and sale agreement. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> it was pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty comical. Yeah. Of all places. And yeah. Was- there's one, uh, there was one that I sold in, I think it was end of October last year. 500 and at that point it was like it was like man you know i just i told her i'm like like it's 500 like you got to get it It was listed at 450 500 we go in um get it now she calls me she's like how much do these homes down the street sell for i'm like 650 and i'm like let's just sell yours for seven pull out your money 
pay some gains, rent, and buy something new that's ready in a couple of years. Move to PEI. <laughs> like, yeah, just those those differences are unreal, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Um, all right. Well, I uh, how's the uh, how's the rest of the week looking for you guys? I know, Greg, you're on your way back into town. Yeah, on the way back into town, got some business to do for the weekend, and then uh, head back up to hang out with the girls. And then before we get back to Ottawa for another few months again, um, yeah, it's good. Whatever, man. Busy. I got listings coming out. I got buyers ready to go. So it's uh, I'm happy. It's great. How about you, Paul? Lots, you, got, uh, you, have the, you have the kids this weekend? No, no kids. Um, I actually closed. I bought a. I bought a new place myself, so I actually closed on that today. So waiting for the uh, waiting for the call for the keys. So looking forward to getting in there and poking around a bit and seeing what uh, what was left behind. You know, always fun. See what treasures the uh, former owners left for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, uh, this weekend I'm just got a lot of errands to run. So I, the kids aren't actually with me. So I'm going to try to, um, you know, cross a few things off my list. I uh, got a few renos that I'm planning to do on that new place. So uh, I forgot about that. I'm looking forward to tomorrow, taking a sledgehammer to a few things in that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have a team sledge. Party. I'm going to try to stop in too. I'm definitely going to try to stop in too. Well, bring uh, a hammer, bring a hammer, bring some, uh, yeah. you know, some yeah, I wanted to, I just use, Use my fists. <laughs> uh, hey, Mr. Luloff has tuned in. Yeah, so I wanted to, we actually, you know, we've been talking about this off air, but worthwhile to our uh, to our loyal listeners yeah. to kind of let them know what we're thinking. So, you know, we've been doing the Friday wrap-up now for four years. It was April 2017 that I think we, we kind of launched it, which is wild. Um, so, you know, we have talked about a lot of different ideas and things like that. And, you know, we've gotten feedback from from our listeners and you know the majority of our listeners are listening now on podcast platforms so i mean facebook is great and you know we love doing the live show and it's very interactive and enjoyable except for today uh as far as interactive but uh but no but in general um you know we we love this form of of medium uh, like we just enjoy this conversation but we realize that you know from our listeners perspective you know they they've commented on the name the friday wrap-up the fact that it has absolutely nothing to do with real estate. And if somebody was kind of an outside source and was looking at it, the Friday wrap up could be about friggin' basketball. It could be about Christmas presents. I mean, who knows, you know? Uh, <laughs> so, so we wanted to change the name to something that was uh, a lot more specific, a lot more topical. So we will in the coming weeks be kind of modifying the format of the show. Uh, and we'll be changing the name to the Ottawa real estate podcast. So we are in the process of doing that. Uh, and we are going to keep, you know, the Friday, uh, the shows will still be released Friday mornings. We're still going to 10 o'clock shows will be here. Uh, and you know, it's just more so the name and, and relevance so that people that are searching it and things like that are able to, to find it if they're looking for anything related to real estate. So you know, figured we might as well mention that to our to our loyal listeners so they don't wonder what the heck uh, happened. We're going to try to, you know, nothing's going to change as far as the format, same personalities, same content, uh, just the name change. Different name, so. different name, same bad, same bad time, same bad channel, different name. Same bad shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll hold off on that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mood boost. Why don't we mood bump boost. onto the mood boost? Uh, so, uh, with all the snow and winter storms across North America, I feel like everyone could, uh, could use a few mood boosts this week. Um, so number one, who wears thermal underwear and shines? Who? Long John Silver. Oh man, I love 
that one. What did the tuna say to her overzealous partner? I think we need to scale things back here. <laughs> and the last one. Where does a bad light end up? In prism. Oh, wow. 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 Two, two, two for three. Two for three. Uh, yeah. yeah, last one slaps you in the face. It's uh, oof. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, Awesome. Okay, well, you know, appreciate everyone tuning in today, and uh, we'll make sure that we have the breakout and the, uh, you know, the audio up, uh, Gregory, by end of day. Quickly. 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 Uh, So for anyone uh, that wants to listen to the full episode, if you're tuned in late, uh, feel free to pop onto your favorite podcast platform. Just search the Friday wrap-up. Make sure to like and subscribe. As long as you subscribe to the actual uh, podcast on the platform. Anytime we post a new episode, it'll automatically download for you. So you'll have it uh, there waiting for you when you get in the car or for your run or what have you. So, all right. Great. Have a good well, week, boys. Guys. It was pleasure as usual. Have a, an amazing week. And we'll see you again. <laughs> Deuces. Deuces. See you guys. The Friday wrap up brought to you by Blue Panda Realty, referralmortgages.com, and Stephen Hopkins Video. No flash.